I was, I was just starstruck. Like, you know, it was like a dog caught in the headlights. I was like, you did that for me. What do you mean? Hey guys, greetings and God bless. It's Atilio with the Miracle Diary. I'm about to share on one of the greatest truths, the freedom of God's love. It's awesome. And so I'd love to share the things of God. So if you're interested in hearing more and how to apply this in your everyday life and access the abundance that is available, follow me on Anchor and we are the Miracle Diary on all platforms. So join us and subscribe to us over there on Anchor. This is where we do our podcast. So thanks for joining me and have a blessed day. You know, when you think about it, you know, when it says God is love, you know, love is the core essence of God, period. And and so that love has to be behind every single decision that he made when he was thinking through creation and he was thinking through everything. I remember walking on a beach one time in, in Destin, Florida. And when I was walking there on the beach, I saw these seagulls and they were just dropping into the sea like <laughs> space invaders. I don't know if you've ever seen that game, but these things were just dropping out of the sky and they were eating. They were following the fish underneath. It was like a school of fish. And there must have been hundreds of these seagulls together following this school of fish down the shoreline. Say that 10 times. <laughs> And, and they would drop out of the air, so uncoordinated-like, and then they would go right and hit their target and come out with a fish in their mouth. They would come right into the water, boom, and they would start to fly and get airborne, and they'd have a fish in their mouth. But there was one right after another dropping out of the sky. So it was an interesting thing to sit there and watch. It was a spectacle of absolute wonder. It had me completely captivated. As these birds were dropping out of the sky, like seven at a time, eight at a time, you know, 12 at a time, three at a time, whatever, one right after another. And and when they dropped, it was so uncoordinated. You know, it's like their body would go into a weird position, almost like the drawing you see when, you know, find someone that has died or something like that. And they draw with a chalk around the body's line, not to laugh or anything, but they would be kind of like that. Then they hit the water and they kind of get their speed up of flapping those big wings and with that fish in their mouth and get back airborne. So it was just interesting to see that whole process. And as I sat there and looked at that, I thought to myself, I was having a conversation with the father when I was distracted by this spectacle. And I asked him and I said, uh, father, what was in your heart when you designed these birds to do that. And his answer was so profound. It changed my life completely at that moment. Matter of fact, there was a lot of events that took place immediately following in the next days. I don't know if we have the time to share, but his answer was, I did it just for you. I was, I was just starstruck. Like, you know, it was like, a dog caught my headlights. I was like, you did that for me. What do you mean? And he was like, everything. I did everything for you. Because, you know, I want, all I want you to do is understand my love. So my love is in everything. 
and I was able to put it in, into everything for you, just for you. And when I thought about it, I go, yeah, it blesses me. This really blesses me to watch this. And then I looked at the sky and it was just beautiful. The sun, the water line, the coast and the sand at my feet, how it felt. As I walked along the shore, it was a nice breeze. And I realized that everything was blessing me. And I, I just sensed God's love in it all. And that morning I, I was stepping into a, a teaching. I was there for a seminar. And I sat down and, you know, everybody's got their Bibles. And he opened the class. His words, I had no idea what was going to be taught. And the words were, everything that was is and will be is for you. And I about fell out of my chair. I was like, hold on a second. (laughs) What? And it was just like the father was just like personally giving me instruction and bringing me to a point of awareness of him and his, his love for me. And today, when I think about God's love, I think of how unbelievably awesome it is. And his love is truly behind everything that he's done and has done and is doing and will continue to do. And when I think about, you know, when he came to man and the creation of man, the most loving thing that a loving creator could do is to give that man and woman a freedom of will. So that they can choose on their own whether to love him back. And so that's our choice. His love is obvious. It's, it's absolutely uh, never, ever ending, never ending. It's just eternal. It's everlasting love. And, it's, and the number one thing that the father <laughs> desires is that everybody comes to a knowledge of that love, the greatest truth of all, knowledge of the truth. And the greatest truth of all is the love of God. And for you to have an understanding of how much God loves you, everybody to be saved, because you can't be, you cannot experience, you cannot have, you cannot experientially know God's love unless you have spirit. Spirit gives you the capacity to experience God's love. And to receive spirit, you just confess with your mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord. He was the one that made it available for us all. He's the one that rescued us from this world and set us on high and put us on a place and a pedestal where God wants us. He, he did that. Him and his father did that together. But it was his choice. It was his way of honoring God. His father, in the ultimate way, was with his life. And so God loved the world, and he so loved the world, and he so loved everybody in the world. He loves everyone, and he wants everyone to come to a knowledge of the truth. He wants everyone to be saved, rescued, receive spirit, Holy Spirit, the spirit of love, so they can experience the greatest truth of all life, this great love of God. And he gave man freedom of will. He built it in every single person when he created us back in the beginning. Because he knew 
that there, for there to be a true relationship between us and him, it would have to be a choice we would make, just like we make choices today in our life. So my question would be, what do you choose? What do you choose this day and every day? The love of God is the greatest truth. God, thank you so much for your great love. Thank you so much for bringing me to a place that I can begin to understand how wonderful it is and see it in my life. And I thank you, Father, for everyone listening, that they can also know you more fully and walk with great power and great love in their life and guard themselves from this world and from the stupidity that lives in it and surrounds us, that we can prevail as we walk in your light and in your love. In the name of Jesus Christ. I made the heavens and I made the earth and I gave my perfect son cause that's what you were worth. I made the day and I daily blessed it just for you. singing watch them fly never need to wonder or ask the questions why cause I'm the one who made them and I made them just for you It's on fire just for you. I made a promise and I, I gave my word. The truth will live regardless of what they have heard. I sent my son and I, I sent him just for you. Ask the questions why I'm the one who made him and I made him just for you. Be my family 
You're my heart's desire And it's on fire just for you You're my heart's desire And it's on fire just for you Acts chapter 1, verse 2. Until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, bad translation, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now, let me, let me take a just show you what it's saying here. Until the day in which he was taken up, which means the day of the ascension. So up until that day that he was taken up, the day of the ascension, after that he, through Holy Spirit, that's what Holy Ghost is. Holy Ghost is, a, it's no ghost. <laughs> spirit. See how they got ghost from spirit, right? Mm. No, it's not a ghost. It's Holy Spirit. It's a bad translation. And uh, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. Now he gave them commandments to tarry in Jerusalem because of what was coming. And what was coming was Pentecost. Now, God didn't, Jesus Christ didn't exactly know how it was gonna come down. He was just letting them know that they were to tarry, that they were to stay in Jerusalem until this happened, until this happened. Verse three, in whom also he showed himself alive he showed himself alive. Jesus Christ was in a resurrected body. He's the first man that ever resurrected from the dead in a spirit body, right? In, in, a, in, in a body that was completely different than a physical body. Yet it could come into concretion as a physical body because it's the highest form of matter that God has ever created, ever. The highest form of matter that God has ever created was in that resurrected body. It has eternal life power in the body. And so there's so many things that it can do because of its matter, the matter, the matter that makes up that spiritual body. Whatever God created in that spiritual body, that spiritual body that Jesus Christ had, had different capabilities than when he was in his physical body. Even though he had a physical body when he was here on earth, when he died, he died in that physical body. And when he was raised, he wasn't raised in a physical body. His body changed. It transformed. That dead body was made alive by God himself. And when God made that body alive, he created a new being. That body was transformed. And when it was resurrected, whatever was happening in that resurrection moment was transforming everything. And that's going to happen to every single person who confesses Jesus Christ as Lord and that God raised him from the dead. Every single person from that day on, from this day on, the day of Pentecost, until Christ comes back, in that period of time of mankind, from the day of Pentecost, which we're going to read, till the day Christ comes back for the church, in that period of time, 
Every single person who confesses with their mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, that he came and rescued us from this pathetic situation we're in because we, we get sick, we're going to die, we're all going to die. He's going to rescue it. He rescued us from death. You imagine you're dying and somebody rescues you. And when they rescue you, you have eternal life. He rescued us forever. So until the day that he was taken up, he was given his apostles, those guys in particular, because he was the, those were the ones he was training, he spent all the time with, those apostles. He had disciples. Disciples were those that were disciplined. They were also listening to his teachings, but his responsibility was to make sure that these 12 guys, according to God, God it was his responsibility to under-shepherd these 12 guys, just like it's my responsibility to teach you guys the word. God has given me that. We should teach each other. We will teach each other. We're examples in life. But Jesus Christ had a responsibility, and it was to make sure that these guys were there. Right? Because then, you know, he came here, died. He had these 12 guys. He's like, guys, you've seen everything? Listen, you sh to whom he also showed himself alive after his, pa after, you know, uh, after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them for 40 days. For 40 days, they've been seeing him in his spiritual body and seeing all kinds of amazing things take place. Do you know that the word says that if God recorded everything that happened, there would not be enough space on the planet for all the books that you could read, write about these infallible proofs. You see? So it's not written, but it was for those guys so that they would stay faithful until the day of Pentecost. Because something was coming that was the purpose of Jesus Christ's life. That what was coming was the reason Christ died and was resurrected and soon to be ascended. Right? So he's here and here we are. And then look, verse 4 being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait, wait, please wait, 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 be patient, wait for the promise of the Father. God had made a promise, and he told them about this promise, and if they wait, they're going to receive it, which he saith, you have heard of me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye... You are go shall, and that word shall is absolute, be baptized with, there it is again, Holy Ghost. There is no the, cross that out. There is no the. You're not going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. You're going to be baptized with Holy Spirit. And that is meaning you're going to com be completely changed. Something's going to happen. And what, what happens is you're going to be baptized with Holy Spirit. Remember, it's not ghost, it's spirit, Holy Spirit. Not, and it's a small H, small S. Only God has capital H, capital S. When it refers to our spirit, it's small H, small S. 
When we refer to God, God is holy and God is spirit, capital H, capital S. Whenever we say God, capital G, God, Father, capital F, right? He gets capitals. And, he's, and it's a respect thing, you know what I mean? God just, it's just a way that we honor him. I mean, he so loved us that he gave his only begotten son so that we could believe on him and have eternal life. So we always want to honor God. We want to give our lives to God and be a living sacrifice for him. So here he says, when they therefore were come together, they asked of him saying, (laughs) they asked a stupid question, okay? So this was probably Peter. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know. He answers the stupid question. Don't worry, it's none of your business. Which the Father hath put in his own power. He's the one that's going to decide how this thing unfolds. But you just go ahead. Tarry here, wait. But you shall receive, verse 8, power. Power. What kind of power? Holy Spirit power. What? You're going to receive power? Every person, every person that confesses Jesus Christ as Lord, believe God's raised from the dead, receives this power. Spirit power. What? (laughs) That's what it says. Guess what? That's exactly what it means. We receive power. And this is is authority. Power has authority. When you have power, you have authority. Right? Mm -hmm. After that, Holy Spirit, there it is again, the, no the, holy, no H, no J, ghost, no ghost. Holy Spirit is come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and into Judea and to Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the world. You guys, with your, this power that you're going to receive, you are going to be a living testament to my life. Right? My, my life, my death, my birth, my death, my life, my resurrection, my ascension, and now this gift, this promise that God has made is now coming. Verse 9, look at this. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, so they're watching, they're listening to him, he's sitting there, and he's in their spiritual body, right? Jesus Christ with the 12 guys. And, while he, and, and when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. This, it's like, they're watching him. He's, he's talking, he's going, listen, you guys, you make sure you tarry here, the promise. Now, he's been with them for 40 days. They seen this, they seen that. Remember, infallible proofs? And now it is, the final day, until the day, when he's taken up. Now, here it is, on the day, he's taken up, and he's going, okay, guys. You seen this, you seen that. I need you guys to wait here. Don't you dare leave. You guys make sure that you stay here in Jerusalem. You're going to receive the promise. You guys are going to receive power. You're going to receive Holy Spirit power. And you guys are going to be witnesses throughout the uttermost part of the world. Okay? And while he had spoken these things, <laughs> he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. What happened? He floated up in the air. 
He floats up in the air, right? He floats up. They're going like this. They're like this. They're watching like a balloon. He's like a balloon. <laughs> they're gone. He's gone. They're like gone. He's gone and gone and then he's gone. There's a cloud. It's like they can't see him anymore. Right? Now look at this. Watch what happens next. And while they look steadfastly, where the heck did he go? Steadfastly. Right? They're like, what? Do you see him? No, I don't see him. Who's seeing him? You're talking to each other. Right? Think, imagine this. Imagine this. There's all sitting around. And all of a sudden, they've never seen anything like this. Have you ever seen a person just go like that? Go up in the air, and then they're, you're looking, and they're gone. You're like, what, 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 what happened? It's cool. While they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. Who do you think these guys are? Angels. Two men stood by them. They weren't in the air. They were on the ground. Stood. Where? On the ground. By them. In white, white clothing. Right? They weren't wearing Supremes. Right? They were wearing some white robes or something. In white apparel. That white apparel could be, I don't know. Doesn't say. It just says white apparel. I'm sure somebody's done research on that. But... <clears throat> While they looked steadfastly toward heaven as they went, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also spoke, these men speak, these angels, you men of Galilee, why stand ye here uh, gazing up into heaven? What are you looking for? What are you guys doing? Right? Here these guys are. Think about how long they stood there looking. Right? They're going, hey, do you see him? I don't know. What happened? Is he coming back? Did he come back? I don't know. Where'd he go? And then these men appeared, stood by them. They didn't see them appear, right? All of a sudden, these men appeared, stood by them in white apparel, and they go, hey, you guys uh, Galileans, you Galilean guys, why are you guys standing here looking up at, what are you looking for? Why are you guys looking up? You ever seen somebody look up and you're, you're interested in looking and seeing what they see? You ever seen that? You know, like it's common where people... If you're looking at something and you're pointing, if somebody walks by, they're going to go, what, what, are you guys looking, what are you guys looking at? Right? So these guys are angels. They know exactly what they're looking at. He knows that these guys know exactly what they're looking at. Right? Listen. Why are you standing here gazing into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go to heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives. And there they were until the day of Pentecost, which, was, which is chapter 2, verse 1. Right? Chapter 2, verse 1 in Acts. And then Acts is a record of all, a lot of the events. It's a, it's a record of the rise and the expansion and the operation of the power of God and the Holy Spirit in that first century church led by these great men, and it get, there's great record. And so Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Thessalonians, Colossians, these are all the epistles that have the how-to in this day and time. Remember? From the day of Pentecost, this, this man, this Christ, is going to come back in like manner, right? Remember, he's coming back. So until he comes back, 
Everybody that confesses with their mouth Jesus Christ is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they receive Holy Spirit and they receive Holy Spirit power. And that Holy Spirit power gives them authority and it gives them ability. So it gives us authority and it gives us ability. And we really have great power when we operate the power in love, with love, with the love of God, right? That's the key. That's the proper operation of the power of God is with the perfect love of God. And because when you receive spirit, when you receive Holy Spirit, it is a perfect, pure spirit. It is you. It is a new creation. It is you created perfectly forever and ever and ever. And when Christ comes back, you will transform and you will have that new body forever. And you'll be able to do unbelievable beyond your imagination. God records it throughout the world how wonderful the third heaven and third earth is going to be. That's our final destiny forever. We'll never get, it'll never get old. We'll never get old. We'll never get old. We'll never get sick. There's no drama. There's no negativity. It's a simple, peaceful, loving, wonderful lifestyle. And we get to explore, and we get to learn, and we get to express, and we get complete, free liberation with a beautiful, eternal, powerful spirit forever. And, and we get to be together with everybody. That's the hope. So this is Acts, right? It's a, it's a great book. It's about the rise and expansion of the first century church. There's some incredible records in there. You can see, you can learn so much from the book of Acts. And, and then as you read the Romans book, we go back to Romans 8, right? Because that's where we are in our study. Because Romans 8, refers to spirit and flesh, right? Spirit mind, flesh mind. Because you now have Christ in you. You have that spirit of Christ in you. You have God in you through Christ. So God is in Christ in you. This is what that is in you, right? It's God in you. So he, wherever you are, God is. Wherever you are, God in Christ is. So you are always have that access available. And then we learn how to synchronize our thoughts and our actions and our words with what the word says because, and that's what Romans is all about, right? It puts it in perspective, which I love. It's a great book to come back to because it puts it in perspective. But let's end in that verse in Corinthians, that 2 Corinthians. Remember I asked you guys to... Put your finger there in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And <clears throat> this is uh, uh, an interesting place here because uh, Corinthians was a group of believers that had gotten way out there, right? <laughs> you know, there are believers that do not walk in love, right? There are believers that live in fear every day. There are believers that are very unkind. 
They have been born again. They have Christ in them, but they also have freedom of will. And Romans says, hey, it's up to you to decide how you're going to think, how you're going to act. God is not going to possess you. He can't. He's not going to. He's a loving God. He's a great. He's giving you freedom of will. Everybody has freedom of will. If this guy doesn't want to confess with his mouth, Jesus Christ is Lord, believe us, God raised from the dead. That's his. That's him. But God's going to give him two really good shots in his lifetime at confessing Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in God. Because God says that in his word. He gives everybody two, two shots. Establishes. He's a God of establishing. So he somehow is able to do that. They'll hear about Jesus Christ twice. They'll have those opportunities to get born again. But if they don't, they don't. They don't receive it. So here we have in chapter... So these guys were way out there, right? So there's a lot of uh, areas that they, they allowed their minds to get robbed. Right? They allowed their thinking to get robbed. They were eventually way out of uh, alignment with God. And God was reproving them and, and trying to correct them in this, this uh, epistle. And here in chapter 11 and verse 1, it says, Would to God you could bear with one a little in my folly and indeed bear with it. This is like, could you just... Uh, would you just be patient while I say this? You know what I mean? It's kind of sarcastic. It's like, I'm going to say something and you're just going to have to bear with me while I say this. For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, what he's saying here is, you guys are going after false gods. Right, you're no longer um, as committed to God as you should be. You're you're way out there in left field in your thinking, and in, and according to God, it was like an idolatry or you know like you uh, going out of your marriage, going outside of the marriage. You know what I mean? So here you have in verse three. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. See, that's how he beguiled Eve was through the subtlety. And he used to just show up in the garden and go, hey, Eve, hey, how's it going today, Eve? How you doing? How you feeling? You feeling good? He would get her conversation, right? You look good today, Eve. I love what you're doing with your hair. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Whatever. He would say, he beguiled Eve. Eve started conversing with him. Eventually, she was no longer had the word. Remember, she admitted the word. She changed the word. She admitted the word. She added a word. That's what he does to us. He adds negativity. He admits the positivity. For I fear lest by any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. See, there's a simplicity in there, in this way of life that God's called us to. And see, he doesn't want us to veer off from the simplicity because that simplicity, you know, it's less complicated, right? Your life is less complicated when it's simple, right? Who wants a complicated life? Anybody? Can I see a show of hands? How many people want to have drama all over the place? Anyone? Right? 
Jesus Christ was in the midst of all that stuff, yet he maintained perfect peace because he kept it simple. You know, when he was done with people, he would go back to the mountains and just converse with God and pray and be thankful and grateful and do all the things that God has called us to do. He did. He renewed it. You know, he would work his mind, his mind and his heart. And he would get so filled with joy because he would think about God's love. He would focus on God's love. It would give him peace. He would focus on God's promises to him as his son. It would give him peace and joy. This is what it gives to us. This is what Romans says. It's to be spiritually minded because when we have a spiritual mind, which is a, a mind that thinks of spiritual things concerning to the word, like the truth, not the physical five senses stuff that gets us all negative and stuff. It's hard. It's a challenge. You're going to get negative. We're all weak. But you can always bring it back to the simplicity that was in Christ, right? So I'm thankful that we get that, that God is forgiving. and God is always, 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 will always. He loves us so much, man. It's unbelievable how much he loves. We have no, you know, whenever you dig deep into the, to the love of God, it's just wonderful. It's the greatest truth. It's the greatest thing that you can dive into. So God, thank you so much for your love. Thank you, Father, for the fellowship that we get to have every Sunday as a family. And I thank you for your grace abounding to my family to my lovely girls, to my lovely women, how wonderful they are and how you've raised them. Thank you, Father, how you just continue to take care of them in every way. Supply them with every single need in Jesus Christ's name. All right.